When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Small Talk Podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and this episode is going to be a little bit different because there's actually going to be a clip that I'm going to insert into the audio which was recorded last week and it's not just me speaking. I'm with two of my friends, George and Claire, who are both journalists in Formula One and uh, long story short, We managed to get ourselves to Milan. We arrived in Milan on Wednesday, I believe it was. And as we landed, uh, we got the news that the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix had been cancelled and we had to find alternative arrangements home. Now, before we get into the actual flesh of the podcast, I want to first start off by saying completely the right decision to cancel the race. I'm sure by now you have seen the videos, the photos, just general news stories of the devastation that has happened in that Emilia-Romagna region, as well as other parts of Italy, like the flooding, the landslides, the mudslides, all of this kind of stuff has been just awful. And we were super fortunate in the sense that One, we flew into Milan, so we weren't too affected where the area that we flew into, but also that I'm in a lucky position that we could just arrive in Italy, organise travel home and come back. Whereas for some people, like I've seen uh, others share accounts of them being stuck in certain towns. And yeah, it's, it's just generally like an awful situation and one that was completely out of Formula One's control. They 100% did the right thing by cancelling the event and also coming to that decision so early. You know, Stefano Domenicali, he is an Imola boy. He is from that area. So I'm really happy to see that Formula One and Ferrari have donated several millions of of dollars or euros to the cause for the flood relief. Um, I'll also leave a link to uh, a donation page in this podcast description. And yeah, it was... uh It was a really strange situation to be in. As a result, we found ourselves, myself, Claire and George, with some spare time. And so I thought, well, as a positive here, let's let's record an episode. But yeah, at the time of recording, obviously, we'd only just found out it had been cancelled. And since then, there have been, you know, awful reports of people have died in these floods. And so I kind of just wanted to start this podcast by addressing that because like I say when we recorded this on Wednesday there were lots of things that were still unclear we'd seen some video footage of like the broadcast center in Formula One um, had been submerged with water we knew that the day prior it had been evacuated we'd seen how close the river was to the circuit and that it looked like it was ready to burst its banks so we had plenty of contacts in that sense but just generally I kind of wanted to address that before I shared the clip of the podcast naturally I think I'm okay to say that I was disappointed that the event was cancelled like completely understand why but you know for me I spoke about it on the last podcast like this was going to be my first ever Formula One race as accredited media like it was going to be a huge moment in my career and I'm lucky enough like I know that my time will come again in fact I should be accredited for Silverstone which in 
the grand scheme of things is only a couple of months away but it was kind of sad to to get there and the fact that it happened all so quickly like I said on the last podcast my accreditation hadn't been sorted I wasn't sure if I was going to be going to Imola a circuit that I have so much love and admiration and respect for it's one of the ones on my bucket list that I really wanted to go to I just I really would love to visit it one day and I'm sure I'll be back just wasn't to be this time that's that's the kind of context I wanted to give before we got into the podcast um so yeah I'm gonna hit play I'm gonna play my little tea recording sound and um I hope you enjoy this podcast with a few new voices on it so that's quite exciting um and I will speak to you guys soon and uh hope you all have an amazing race week we've got Monaco Grand Prix and Indy 500 this this coming weekend which I'm very excited for I really want to try and get more into IndyCar every time I say this and I always say it around the time of the Indy 500 um but I need to give IndyCar more of a chance but anyway Maybe we can do a podcast on that another time. Um, but yeah, I will speak to you guys later. Thank you so much for all your lovely messages. And uh, I will speak to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Small Talk podcast. As you can probably hear, I am not in my flat. I'm in a very busy where is this like a restaurant in Milan airport because I've traveled over to go to the Emilia Romano Grand Prix this weekend and unfortunately it has been cancelled so I thought I would record an episode here from the airport I'm not alone there are actually going to be some additional voices to the podcast for this episode which is rather exciting and I feel like it's going to be a bit of a pass the mic situation so in order to do that I'm going to actually pass the mic over to the guests (laughs) and you're going to introduce yourself so first up please welcome George (laughs) Um, hello everyone it's great (laughs) people already laughing at me it's a good start um yeah I'm sitting next to Katie in don't even know the name of this restaurant what is the name of this restaurant Rosso Pomodoro in Milan airport and I'm actually going back home tonight I'm quite lucky that I've sorted a, uh, a flight out for this evening so yeah looking forward to that one we're going to pass over now to a professional broadcaster absolutely not professional whatsoever um but i think katie has very kindly mentioned me before on the podcast i'm claire cottingham um worked in various different things and yeah we were all planning on going to imola this afternoon we were picking up our car we flew this morning at 9am and uh, landed quite a bumpy landing as we came in and actually I don't know if either of you looked out the window and saw some of the flooding that was already really obvious as we as we flew in Um, and we landed to the news 17 minutes after it had been announced or at least we were told that the race was to be postponed slash cancelled we're not entirely sure what's going on yet Um, absolutely in my view the right decision but I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit more. Thank you very much. This feels very unusual having one microphone and passing it around the table. Um, but yeah, it like Claire uh, alluded to there, there's been lots of extreme weather conditions, lots of flooding. We've seen photographs from people actually at the circuit. We were advised not to travel to Imola today. So, I mean, regardless of if the weekend was postponed or not, um, we wouldn't have been at the circuit. But yeah, some serious flooding going on. And 
from all of us, you know, we can only sort of echo the statements that have already been put out in that we're thinking massively of the people of Emilia-Romagna that have been affected by the issues. And yeah, I know lots of people have said that lots of journalists and such have been saying that it's the right decision to postpone it, but it completely is. And we'd much rather that the emergency services and such are focused on making sure the locals are, are catered for and taken care of. Imola this weekend is not going to be going ahead, but we still have lots that we can talk about. So we thought that while we had some time to kill in the airport that we would sit down and record a podcast so as we've been sitting around ready to record this podcast we actually saw some drone footage of Imola and yeah I mean the place is completely flooded I don't know Claire if you want to go into more detail as you're the one with the video but the the circuit itself looks like it's not completely submerged but lots of the trucks with the Formula One logos on and obviously the broadcast centre and stuff like that looks like it's knee deep in water. Yeah it's a local TV team that have um, released some drone footage. They're on Twitter under at local team TV and, it, and it's really interesting to see you know if you're not entirely sure why it got cancelled it's well worth looking at the video to see the extent of the damage that the flooding has caused not just to the track but also to the surrounding areas as well and yeah Katie as you say you can kind of see the paddock you can see the F1 trucks you can see everything that's going on there and it's just it's heartbreaking for everyone involved and we've seen this over the last couple of weeks these flooded the floods that have been taking over within the region and to see it to see it quite in the way that we have again I can only echo the point that we made before that that Formula One have definitely made the right choice in in deciding quite early on as well um, that this event should not go ahead because you, you know you only have to look back to the last couple of races obviously thinking back to Spa that took um, a long time really for them to admit that it was going to be as torrential as maybe it was and, and in Australia obviously when Covid hit um, again that was so up in the air no one knew what was happening but, but Formula One for this one made a real stance to say no this is not right. The area is incredibly unsafe. And, and as many people have pointed out, it's not just that. It's police, it's uh, fire services, it's everyone that needs to be helping families that have, have lost their houses and their livelihoods um, due to due to these floods. So the focus really needed to be off Formula One and really on helping as much as we could with the region. Yeah, I mean, when we were arriving into Milan, you could even see some of the fields nearby were you know submerged in water so it's still very much a situation that um is ongoing but george like for us as as journos we've had interviews and stuff like that scheduled which have all been cancelled but for you guys i guess there's some light in that you can go to to monaco you're going to be going to spain as well so can you talk me kind of how through this has affected you as a as a journalist well, um, I think the first thing to say is it's, it's you know, put into perspective, it's not affected us that much. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Um, you only have to look at the people that have been affected here in Italy by the floods and the fact that, you know, some of them have lost, lost their homes. I think some of them even lost their lives. So it hasn't obviously affected us too badly. In terms of me personally, what the plan was this weekend, I had some interviews scheduled with a few of the drivers, which is obviously going to be, you know, something I was looking forward to write those up over the coming weeks um, but yeah they'll just they'll just get re rearranged now um, the plan for me is to do pretty much every race now between now and the summer break so that's going to be really good and we'll just speak to the drivers I was going to speak to tomorrow at some point later on in the year you know I think Claire makes a good point as well about 
you know, obviously the emergency services are needed elsewhere or, you know, elsewhere in terms of the region. And at the end of the day, it's just, it is just an F1 race. Like, obviously, it's a massive event in terms of Formula One and in terms of uh, the sporting calendar. But it kind of all pales into, in, into insignificance when you kind of look around. And we're in an area that, by all accounts, hasn't been as badly affected as where we were going to be going. We're in Milan, which is, you know, a couple of hours drive away from, you know, the area we were, we were going to for Milan. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously impacted our day a little bit. We're now doing a bit of a day trip to Milan, or at least I am, and you guys are going to fly home tomorrow morning. But um, it could have been a lot worse. And, yeah, we'll just, we'll just move on to Monaco, which is obviously next week. So in terms of looking for our F1 fix, we don't have to wait too long. And just hopefully the, the area that is affected here in Italy, it can um, you know, recover as quickly as possible. And hopefully by not having the race this weekend, the resources that are needed in terms of the emergency service can focus on recovering as quickly as possible and in terms of the clear-up and, and all, all that kind of stuff that needs to happen now. Yeah, I mean... Looking at the grand scheme of things, obviously, one race out of a massive calendar isn't going to be too much of a, of a difference, but there are already conversations that the race could be rescheduled. I know I've seen on Twitter, at least, I don't know how reliable the information is, but potentially we could race there in the summer, in August, after something like Spa or the Netherlands, just as... This is one of the things of recording in a, in, a, in a restaurant, is we've got somebody now clearing the cutlery drawer right next to us, so, you know, keeping it... Oh, keeping it authentic. But, uh, yeah, who knows if we're going to get another Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix later this year. Obviously, from a purely selfish reason, I would love that. This was meant to be my first Formula One weekend as accredited media, and clearly the universe said, not today, and it's not happening, but as we have just completely echoed and consistently echoed through this podcast like I, I'm obviously a little bit gutted but it's really nothing in comparison to the the stress um, and you know things that have affected the people that are living around this area we're very lucky in the sense that we can come here to Milan and fly back home again for George you know in the same day for Claire and I we're, we're traveling back tomorrow morning but for the people that actually live in the area, this is a very real issue. And yeah, I'm completely with F1 in the, agreeing that it was the right decision to cancel the event. But yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment because I had lots of interviews planned, which I was really looking forward to. I had time with Sergio Perez, which some of you will know is a driver that I have really enjoyed watching uh, him race over the last few years or even longer than that. Um, time with Yuki Tsunoda, the Alpine drivers, Mick Schumacher as well. So, like, plenty of people that I was really looking forward to speaking to. And uh, now that's not going to happen this weekend. So I'm sure there'll be a time where I can chat to them again. But, for yeah, this weekend it's going to be a bit of a weird one because, yeah, we were ready for a triple header and it's just not happened. Okay, so away from Imola, I feel like because we've got two guests on the podcast, especially two guests that are very familiar with the Formula One paddock, it would be rude not to speak to them and get some of their advice maybe or just kind of tales from the paddock. 
So I've put out a Q&A over on Instagram, um, but I actually have a question for both of you before we get the fan responses. And that is, who have been your favourite drivers to interview so far? As somebody that is yet to interview, I've only interviewed Logan Sargent in the Formula One paddock, but Claire, for you, I know, I feel like every weekend you're speaking to a different Formula One driver. So have you got any fun stories or drivers that you enjoy speaking to more than others? No pressure, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> well, for, for, um, for legal reasons, I'm not going to say who I don't like talking to. Um, some drivers are harder than other drivers, of course. Um, and I think also you have to remember that uh, sometimes moods could change throughout the, the weekend. So sometimes a driver that is very happy to speak to you, maybe on a Thursday, is less excited to speak to you when they've qualified you know, P16 on, on Saturday and, and then not done incredibly well on Sunday. So I think you have to be, um, uh, you have to be mindful of people's moods at the same time. Um, who is good? Mm, who is good? I have a good relationship in terms of interviewing with um, Lando Norris and Danny Rick was also really good. Um, I have a good relationship in terms of, again, work and interviews with, with Lewis Hamilton. He's always very um, good to speak to. And actually, I spoke to... Um, when I first used to interview Max, when he was a bit younger, he used to be quite difficult to speak to in terms of... If you asked him a very... Or just, you know, something that wasn't open enough for him to respond, if he could answer with a yes or no, he used to always answer with a yes or a no. However, in recent times, he's, he's very much opened up. And I had a sit-down interview with him um, in Zanvoort, and he was really, really gracious and nice and, and chatted away. So um, that was really nice to see, um, because it is quite hard when a driver turns around to you and says yes or no, and you tend to only get, especially if you're in, like, the pen or, you know, a, a media scrum, as we call them, which is where, you know, all the media just shove their phones in, in, in drivers' faces... If a driver says no to you, it can be firstly quite disheartening and or just give you a one-word answer. It can be quite disheartening, but it also can really just knock your confidence in general. So it's nice to build those relationships. Um, and once they start recognising your face a bit more, they know that you're around a bit more and, and they can be much easier to chat to. But yeah, Alex Albon's lovely as well. Um, there's, there's some really good you know, chatty drivers up and down and the, the, the grid. So, yeah, I'm going to have a think about some good stories because nothing's, like, jumping out at me at the moment. Um, so I'm going to think about that But because um, they're all quite, you know, well-behaved on, on Thursday press day. So I don't know, George, have you got any wild stories from your nights with Formula One drivers at parties? Surprisingly not. <laughs> um, I, I should say as well for probably most of the people listening or all the people listening, I am quite new to the F1 paddock so I actually started my first race was Imola last year so kind of like you in a way Katie but it, it, it went ahead last year um, so yeah I, I don't have a massive amount of stories to tell from my time in the paddock so far but um, in terms of drivers I have spoken to like Claire says Alex Albon is normally good value he's always very open with what he's had to say I spoke to him a couple of times I actually spoke to him ahead of the Italian Grand Prix last year which of course he ended up not taking part in because of um, appendicitis, which was obviously very unfortunate. Um, I spoke to Pierre Gasly at the US Grand Prix, which was the first race after his move from Alpha Tauri to Alpine had been confirmed. So more out of luck than judgment, really, that I got that interview then. But it was still good to obviously talk to him about, about the move and what he was hoping for. 
for this season and going forwards at Alpine. Um, interestingly, I guess this is one of the better stories I have in terms of F1 drivers. He, he did the interview whilst wearing cowboy boots, so it's very on brand for... Just cowboy <laughs> Just cowboy boots, yeah. Nothing else. It's quite eye-opening. We're doing it in the middle of the paddock and he just had cowboy boots. No, he didn't. But um, he did have other clothes on as well. Um, but it was, it, was good, it was good fun to talk to him about that. Obviously, it was just off the back of him doing his karaoke as well with Yuki Tsunoda back in Japan. So it was good to talk to him about that. And, I mean, just going off on a tangent as well, the Austin paddock was a lot of fun last year when Danny Ricardo turned up on his horse at the start of the Grand Prix weekend. He obviously loves that part of the US, so he very much kind of bought into the vibe there. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the drivers, they're all pretty open and friendly. I think they're, you know, they're all, they all seem like really good guys. Um, obviously, when they're having a bit of a tough weekend, sometimes their answers can be a bit short, but that's kind of, you know, to be expected in terms of sports people. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's anyone that, you really struggled to talk with and yeah. just going forwards in terms of my F1 career I want to try and obviously get around the rest of the paddock and speak to them one to one when I can um, obviously three more were on the list this weekend but we'll have to wait and do that another time Who were you planning on speaking to this weekend and also people have asked like where they can find you what, where did <laughs> sorry well, that is sounding totally stalkerish what's your home address <laughs> I live in a town called Crawley which is very much near uh, Gatwick Airport which is quite handy for this job um, where the, can they find me my handles on Twitter and Instagram are George Douglas my surname is D-A-G-L-E-S-S as someone with a name that sometimes people can't seem to spell I quite regularly get in the habit of spelling it out so yeah uh, Instagram I'd have next to no followers and on Twitter I have barely a few more so by all means join in with the lack of conversation I have on those platforms um, I forget the other part of your question Katie what was, who was I going to interview this weekend so the plan tomorrow was to speak to Valtteri Bottas which I was really excited about because Valtteri is you know he seems like quite, quite a good character obviously on social media uh, Logan Sargent um, I had kind of hoped to speak to Logan before the, the first race in the US obviously Miami being a specifically home race for him I mean obviously three US Grand Prix this year they're all going to be home races but he just lives up up the road from Miami or was born up the road from Miami so that would have been quite cool I'm going to speak to I was going to speak to him this weekend um, and the other driver who I've actually ah oh, Yuki Tsunoda I was about to say I'd forgotten uh, it's Yuki Tsunoda as well who I spoke to last year um and he's, you know, doing really well, I would say, this year. In terms of, you, you obviously, you look at Max and Sergio as the guys that are, you know, challenging for the championship and are having brilliant seasons. But past them, I'd say Yuki is actually one of the drivers that's performing better than, than most this, this year. And I think a lot of people are realising what he's doing in that Alpha Tauri where he's either finishing in the points or just outside the points and always getting the very most out of the package. So it would have been a, a good, good to speak to him this weekend. But yeah we'll see we'll see when we can speak to him next time thank you very much George that you can find on all of those social medias and I also put Claire and George's socials in the description for this so obviously Emilia Romagna has been postponed cancelled however you want to describe it um, but the next race that means we're going to get is Monaco and both Claire and George are going to be there. I'm very jealous. I'm tempted to try and plead with the FIA to let me in because I had so many interviews planned, but they're not going to go ahead. Um, but nevertheless, Monaco is an interesting one because you have the split of fans. I feel like it's almost 50-50 sometimes. When you're online, it can feel like everybody just hates Monaco. But the reality is 
a lot of people do enjoy it and I mean from this podcast you'll know that I've been to Monaco a few times with Formula E never with Formula One um, because I haven't got the bank balance for that but uh, <laughs> uh, Formula One is going to be heading there next weekend and guys what are your thoughts on Monaco are you pro Monaco against Monaco what's the kind of vibe Claire I'll pass the mic over to you first I mean, I'm quite lucky that I have, like you, Katie, we've done um, FE Monaco, which was great fun. And last year was my first ever year doing Monaco F1, because even in the times when I worked for Formula One as a, as a company, they have a skeleton um, crew that goes out because lots of the TV stuff and, um, and stuff is done by, by the circuit. So there's less F1 personnel that are needed there. Um, I suppose it, for me, as if I think back to all the times I've watched Monaco before being lucky enough to go last year, I still loved it. Like I still loved the sort of the glitz and the glamour and, and the ridiculousness of, of Monaco. You know, it's it is for me a historic part of the sport. And I said it at the time where you know they were sort of toing and froing whether they were going to sign a, a new deal. I I wasn't. I I thought you know that's. That for me is is Formula One. You know these these races are a real like they're part of the the history really, and it's all well and good adding your Las Vegases, your Miamis, and these other new tracks that you know your Saudi Arabias and stuff like that. The other new tracks that maybe bring in a different audience, and of course you know America is bringing in huge audiences at the moment, so it absolutely makes sense to have an uh, you know maybe two or not entirely sure about three but there you go um american races but if you're then getting rid of races like monaco and even when you know spa is is still people are saying oh belgian grand prix might not be there again it it, for me is is taking away some of the core core love that i have for formula one i guess like i don't want us to lose some of those really i keep saying historic but that's not quite the word that i mean it's like the backbone of the sport like it's it's always supported the sport these you know these european rounds and to lose something like monaco would be a real shame um however <laughs> that you know the track can not always lead to the most exciting things but you know sometimes a driver like charles leclerc can shake things up and make it a bit more exciting for us um i think i think all in all this this season in general the racing hasn't quite been what we've been used to in in the recent years in terms of excitement so I don't know if Monaco is going to be much different for that. Um, and, and Spain, again, is not one of the most exciting races. So we might have to wait until... What comes after Spain? Uh, Austria, Canada. Canada's a fun one. Canada's a fun one. None of us know the, the calendar. Um, so, yeah, no, I like Monaco. Long and short of it, I love Monaco. And for me, I feel like it's the real heart of Formula One, having, having tracks like that with so much heritage. That's the word I was looking for, heritage. So I think I'm probably going to end this podcast here. One, because George has a flight to catch because he was the lucky one out of us three and managed to get a ticket this evening. I I don't really know how how many more times I should apologise, but what can I say? Quick-witted. All right, no need to rub it in. Um, (laughs) But Claire and I are here uh, this evening and we fly back tomorrow morning. But yeah, a bit of a weird one because I had 
recorded, this is, as you all know, traditions on this podcast, recorded an episode on Monday, basically super elated at the fact that my accreditation had been approved. The last podcast I spoke about, there was umming and ahhing whether I would be allowed to come to Imola and eventually the Formula One guys and FIA wrote back to me on Monday and said that my accreditation had been approved and so it was a real, like, last-minute attempt to get flights, to get hotels, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was a very overwhelming and emotional experience. This will be my, what was supposed to be, my first Formula One weekend as accredited media. But alas, it is not meant to be, guys. And that's okay, because it really is like a tiny, tiny inconvenience compared to the massive problem that's going on here at the moment. Um, And I'm glad that Formula One have taken the necessary steps and the action on Wednesday and not left it several days or whatever like they've kind of put their foot down now and said that it's not going to happen this weekend so this is the reality of the situation but I'm hoping that I'll be able to make it home tomorrow and we'll be able to spend some time maybe with friends with family um, edit this podcast and then who knows maybe we can do like another Q&A or something over the weekend to make up the fact that I was hopefully going to try and provide you with a fun podcast of like all the things that happened in Imola but it's not going to happen, so instead I thought, why not pull out a microphone and record a chat with some amazing F1 journos. Uh, hopefully we enjoyed it and enjoyed the other voices on the podcast, because that's something very new for Small Talk. Hey. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys, and as ever, thank you for all your support. I really appreciate all your kind comments of people reaching out, checking that we're all doing okay. And uh, yeah, I will catch up with you in the next episode. But for now, take care of yourselves and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye.